Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Liberal Cube. I am, as always, Jordan Maywood, the Lackadaisical Liberal Cubicularist. Today is Friday, December the 14th. Fridays within the Libero Cube are, of course, fra internet days in which we talk about all things fra internet related. Things that I saw, listened to, um, felt, uh, smelt, uh, from the fra internet. Basically, cool shit that I bring back and talk about. Huh? Yeah, 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 that, that makes sense. Today's sponsor is the Large Hadron Collider Special Edition Higgs Boson Commemorative Plates. Once again, today's sponsor is the Large Hadron Collider Special Edition Higgs Boson Commemorative Plates. These plates are forged from only the finest particles, um, and because of the Higgs boson infused within them, they um, have mass. So, for this limited offer, a very special run of the plates has been crafted, uh, and pick up your set for the paltry price of um, 99 99 99 Okay, let's uh, jump right in feet first to the fry internets. Why don't we? Ah, okay, well this, uh, I actually did not do this on purpose, but my first uh, fry internet item is a star talk with Mr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, who will quite often talk about the uh, Large Hadron Collider. So, huh, a happy coincidence there. Didn't Was not planned, I swear. Thank you to our sponsor for that uh, strange circumstance there. Uh, star, star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson is a podcast but is now also a web series, we're going to call it, on uh, the Nerdist YouTube channel. So you can get it in, uh, in two doses now. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is an uh, astrophysicist. He is a crazy, crazy smart dude. And um, combines his freakish... Uh, amount of knowledge with an also freakish sort of uh, enthusiasm for getting that knowledge across to others, which uh, is very much appreciated, especially because he does not, <laughs> he for people like me, he dumbs it down a little bit, I imagine. Uh, so that is also appreciated. Uh, he has with him... I think every episode, a comedian by the name of uh, Eugene Merman, who's a very funny dude, 
quite often another uh, guest host, a host, co-host, maybe we'll say, is a girl by the name of Christian Schall, who, uh, if you watched uh, Flight of the Concords, it is the uh, sort of obsessed fan girl from that. Uh, also very, very funny. And then, on top of those two who are, although not always there, often there, they'll have uh, sort of rotate in other comedians or other physicists or just sort of nerdy people in general. Which is why, as you can imagine, this very much appeals to me. The combining of nerdy shit and comedy is, it's like peanut butter and jelly. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. It's like peanut butter um, on your balls and a dog. It's really, it's, it's just a good thing. Uh, the particular, or particular, episode that I watched also featured um, special guests, Paul F. Tompkins. Paul F. Tompkins, who's a super funny standing-up comedian podcast host guy. Uh, I believe his podcast is called the Paul F. Tomcast, I think. And then just to round it all out, with a sort of perfect rounding out guest, uh, Mr. Will Wheaton, who you may know as a Wesley Crusher from Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, baby. So uh, they sat around and talked about the nerdy, science-related shit with uh, throwing a little comedy icing on the cake. I uh, highly recommend watching Star Trek in general, and I think this uh, episode will be a good sort of jumping-in point for you if you've never watched any. So head on over to YouTube, uh, Google, uh, Google, YouTube, search, uh, Star Talk, and uh, have a boo at this. You will not be disappointed if you enjoy any of the things mentioned. They, uh, uh, something that, two, two, uh, they talked about a lot, but two things that I actually wrote down because I thought they were the, the most interesting parts was how they sort of, well, one, they went into kind of human achievements and what humans have done and how uh, sort of impressive and uh, proud we should be of the accomplishment accomplishments we have done in, um, in at least sort of uh, geologically a short time. <laughs> um, so that I, I liked. It was sort of heartwarming to hear them describe it. Like the pyramids and uh, landing a, a rover on Mars and things of that ilk. Uh, and then uh, also very interesting was they had a uh, with Mr. Will Wheaton there, of course, they went quite heavily into the different technologies that appear in the Star Trek universe. They all uh, sort of picked their favorite ones, and for me, um, I would probably... It's tough to say. If I had to pick one, it would be tough. If I could pick two, if you had, and if humans had access to replicators and holodecks, um, what more do you need, really? Not a, not a goddamn thing. 
uh, replicator will, you know, replicate your food, your clothing, your everyday sort of daily needs, more more needs than than anything. Uh, well, it could do wants as well. Uh, so you want a book to read? Replicate me a book, computer. You could say. So so anything. And then the holodeck. If if you're listening to this podcast and you do not know what a holodeck is, I'd be sort of surprised because I think uh, the the audience that this podcast uh, appeals to probably knows what a holodeck is, but why don't I uh, just briefly explain that it is a room, basically, in which you can go into and um, holograms, uh, hard light holograms, you can uh, sort of say, uh, let's just give an example, I think I'll make it, make it easier, uh, you could say hologram, holodeck, let me uh, be uh, Sherlock Holmes and uh, run through a mystery. And then you are Sherlock Holmes, and then you run through a mystery. As if it was real life. Everything looks and feels as if it's real life, and it's all actually holographic. Uh, I guess they don't. You know what I curious now that I say that. I guess they don't have smells on the holograph holodeck. Uh, when there, I know when there's a holographic fire, like a fireplace, say, it's not giving off heat. So, hmm. anyways, uh, I'm going to take a brief break here and get a coffee, because I'm dog-tired, boss. I'm tired on a Friday. So, I will edit this out. Editing, editing, Editing. 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 On the road again. The road again. Okay, so, uh, if you have been listening lately, I've been trying to throw in uh, some contests. Because, um, in my search on the weebs for things to do on a podcast to uh, entice the listener. <laughs> Come look over here. Um, a lot of them said that contests are a good idea. So, today's contest is related to Star Trek. Uh, if you email me at the email address provided in the closing credits with your favorite Star Trek technology, and uh, maybe even a brief description as to why it is your favorite, I will uh, bring back a couple to the shoe and uh, run them down. See what you have to say. Huh? Do you love it? Yes, you do. Okay, let's leave uh, Star Talk behind and move on to some Conan. Not Conan the Barbarian, not Conan the Librarian, but Conan the um, late night talk show host guy. Uh, I think I mentioned in last internet uh, episode that he used to be uh, used to put videos uh, on the YouTubes on his YouTube channel that were available in Canada, and then they were not available, and I was pissed off. And they have since recently become available again, which means that I will most likely bring back shit from Conan 
Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm supposed to put those on TV Tuesdays, though. Oh, well. See, that's the, the, the beauty of Jimmy Kimmel and Conan O'Brien putting shit on YouTube, is I can put it on a TV Tuesday episode, or I can put it in a fraught internet episode, and it doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. I do what I want, when I want it. How I want it, will I, will I want it, where? Uh, okay, so the first uh, thing that Mr. Conan O'Brien did that I am going to talk about is his interview of a Miss Keisha. Keisha, um, I know very little about. I uh, listen to very few musics uh, after 1979. I have the... I'm 31 years old with the musical taste of a, we'll go say, 50-year-old. And I just don't get the new music nowadays. Uh, So Keisha, I don't, don't... I'm not sure if I've ever actually heard her sing or really seen her to know her. Uh, so I figured I'd uh, watch a interview of her on Conan, and I'm glad I did because she is pretty crazy. Uh, which I guess Keisha fans out there who are listening to this, if that's possible, know that she is pretty crazy. She uh, two things that jump out uh, from the interview <laughs> are that uh, a she asked her fans to send in their teeth, and she made a bra out of them, or, sorry, is in the process of having a bra made out of her fans' teeth. See, when I, when I say something like that, I, I kind of want to wait a couple of beats and just, just let that sink in a little bit. And then um, she had sex with a ghost. When she said that, when, she, when Keisha said, uh, well, actually, I think Conan brought it up. But when she said she had sex with a ghost, I immediately thought that she is so dumb that someone broke into her house, put uh, a sheet over themselves, cut two holes for her eyes and one hole for uh, their cacks, and then said, I'm a ghost, Keisha. Have sex with me. I'm a sexy ghost. And then she's like, yes, ghost. Please don't hurt me. I'll have sex with you. And that's kind of what I immediately pictured, because she also did not seem to be the uh, the sharpest knife in the drawer. <laughs> so I enjoyed that interview. Go over uh, and check it out and experience the craziness that is Keisha. And what's with the dollar sign? Huh? Why, why is that? That was, a, that was a Jerry Seinfeld joke there, I guess. What's the deal with... The dollar sign of their name. Okay, scale that impression on a scale of 1 to 10. And uh, email it to me, and that'll be another contest. We're going contest crazy here. Uh, the next the next guest uh, that Mr. Conan O'Brien interviewed was Kevin Pollock. Huh. Kevin Pollock, who, if you have listened to these uh, podcasts, will know has his own podcast called Kevin Pollock's Chat Show, which is, in fact, the... I think if we go way back to one of my first episodes, I think I uh, told the story how Kevin Pollock's Chat Show was my first uh, foray into the podcast realm. So thank you for that. And uh, thank you, Conan O'Brien and Kevin Pollock, for doing a very, very funny interview. 
he, um, Kevin Pollock is a sort of master, master impressionist. Uh, among other things, he does a, he does definitely does a mean interview too. So don't just think it's a guy who does impressions. He's a man of many talents. Although he did, I think, as he kind of has to do, especially in a short, uh, late night talk show style interview, bring out a couple of impressions. Did the, this, uh, sort of classic Jack uh, Nicholson. Uh, he did, who else? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, we talked about uh, on Movie Monday. Oh, shit, what's his name? Oh, uh, Peter Falk. Peter Falk, uh, we talked about on Movie Monday in the movie Three Days to Vegas. And uh, Kevin Pollock does the greatest Peter Falk impression, Columbo usually impression, uh, that ever has been done. Somehow he even manages to, uh, Peter, Peter Falk, I believe, has a glass eye, and somehow Kevin even manages to do a face that look, makes it look as if one of his eyes is glass, so it's like, I don't know how he does it, but one of his eyeballs will be moving, and one will be sort of stationary, and like, and how would you, <laughs> I don't know, it's just, I'm, I'm almost speechless at that, how, how would you even go about doing that? Uh, so he does that, and then his uh, sort of piece de resistance is his Christopher Walken impression. He is sort of known in the comedy in comedy circles and impressionist circles as being uh, the best Christopher Walken impersonator that is out there. He uh, sort of attributes that to the fact that he does it sort of uh, conversationally, so he doesn't go sort of chew overboard, they'll just do it like with sort of saying everyday things, as in a conversation, which uh, makes it more realistic, I guess. Alright, so we're getting near work, uh, let's try to fit one more in... Okay, uh, well, let's uh, quickly throw in a TED Talk uh, from a TED conference, I think it was in Winnipeg, uh, it doesn't really matter, they're all over the world. This particular one was called... Uh, I don't know if it was called, actually. It's called A Bath Without Water. The uh, speaker was a young man from uh, Africa. I forget which country. Uh, and he had developed this lotion that you would uh, sort of rub on yourself in place of a bath. Now, I don't know how uh, good that's going to be compared to a bath or a shower. But uh, apparently... He uh, has developed it scientifically, which is how you got to develop things. Come on, be scientific, uh, in order to replace having to bathe every day, which, as you can imagine, in the continent of Africa, where in many, many areas water is uh, scarce, this, uh, this product is huge. So, good on him. Uh, yeah, okay, so we're at work. We'll, uh, we'll come back after eight hours and... Much, much more to talk about. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Me, me, me. Hello again. It is the Hi, Internet Day Drive Home. Is it not? It is. Don't answer that. I didn't want an answer. Was not expecting an answer. A.K.A. Rhetorical. Alright, 
If you have listened in the past to other Fry Internet Day episodes, you will know that quite often the Friday drive home, I get very, very excited. Uh huh. As you do. I, I don't believe I am alone in that fact, and something will sort of burble out. Again, that uh, that may not be a word, but we're going to say it starts in the in the belly, and burbles burbles its way out. A little something I like to call the uh, Friday drive home primal scream. Sometimes a little maniacal laugh will be will burble with it. Uh, so let's do that now. Uh, step one: turn down your gramophone. And uh, here she goes. <laughs> so that's uh, that's an example of what you will get from me on a front internet day drive home in my excitement. Let's jump back into talking about uh, things from the front internet. Actually, you know what? What the hell? Let's play a little uh, QQQQ 107 Radio Roulette. See if we get a song here. Opposite gave up 21 points to it. We did not. So you uh, do not always get a song. We have a pretty uh, shitty song to talk ratio, which is probably why I always find people who uh, do the XM satellite radio are. Uh, so dead, dead set now against uh, terrestrial radio that they scoff in its very face. Do you find that? What's the deal with those people? There's again a little Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, What's the deal with people listening to XM and then not liking terrestrial radio? I don't get it. Jerry Seinfeld impression there for you. Let's uh, jump back in, though, to uh, front internets with uh, an item or items, because I feel like I can combine these two items. They are two web series, both on the YouTubes, both of which I have been listening to for, in one case, many, feels like many years, and in one case, a year, and maybe a bit. Both, uh, if not always filmed, mostly filmed uh, in Venice Beach, California. Huh? Do you know what I'm talking about? One uh, called the Theater of Life. One called uh, California On. Uh, let's start with California On. The individual who posts these videos is a man by the name of Kasim G. That is Kasim and the letter G. Probably not his given name, if I had to guess. He is a, uh, let's describe him as worthy. That's a, that's a word. And uh, very, very funny. He is the one who I've been uh, following, not literally, because that's creepy, uh, on the YouTubes for many years. I, I think it's many years anyways. Uh, he does a sort of, uh, he does a lot of, well, not a lot. He does different videos, but always sort of comes back to his sort of old standby of interviewing people on Venice Beach. Now, um, what I have uh, sort of uh, gathered watching these two YouTube channel 
web series things that take place on Venice Beach is that in Venice Beach, which is in California, if you don't know, there is a shit ton of crazy motherfuckers. Alright? A shit ton of crazy motherfuckers. So, uh, Kasim G will pick a, uh, a subject with which to interview some of these, um, people. <laughs> people. Uh, I should do air quotes for that. And, uh, he's been kind of slacking, actually. I think it used to be every week he would do this, but now it seems like it's every other week or sometimes even every month. And, uh, he'll go out and very comedically interview these, again, people to great comedic, uh, effect. Uh, sometimes he will take the show on the road. Actually, some of my very, very favorite ones, and I think maybe even how I came across him was he'll take his, uh, let's call it his shtick out on the road, uh, specifically to Comic-Con, which, uh, is very, very funny when he does that, because, uh, actually, you know what? Funny... Because the people at Venice Beach and the people at Comic-Con sort of share in common that they are not usually your average Joe Blow, which helps with the uh, comedals. Uh, what else did I write here? Uh, Kasim also did a... He did a bunch of videos in which he interviewed porn stars and really was... Uh, I would describe very, very mean to them. <laughs> mean to the point that it was so awkward to watch that it was pleasurable. I think he hasn't done one in a while, and maybe it's because uh, he did not basically make these uh, porn stars look good, and maybe they finally caught on after, it had to be close to ten of them, um, that <laughs> it was not a good thing for them to be interviewed by this man. He did uh, put on a sort of persona when doing it, so it wasn't just him interviewing porn stars. He put on a sort of Hugh Hefner kind of uh, jacket and had his little pencil mustache deal thing going, which uh, he has kept. <laughs> He's kind of a weird-looking dude, and quite often rocks the, uh, the Three Wolf shirt, or shirts. If you know about the uh, Three Wolf shirt, that... That, uh, that is a very funny thing. I suggest you Google it. Or, more accurately, Amazon it. Three Wolf shirt. And read some uh, reviews of the Three Wolf t-shirt. Uh, okay, so let's move on from Kasim G. Very funny. Highly recommend. His videos are always uh, fours out of fives, fives out of fives. A lot of laugh out loud moments. And then, uh, more recently, added to my YouTube repertoire of shit that I watch is a, a couple of dudes, uh, Beck and, oh shit, what's the other guy's name? I didn't write down their names, so as you know, I do not remember names as a sort of general rule. A couple of dudes who get a couple of lawn chairs, uh, set up a camera at Venice Beach and sort of watch people, basically it's uh, people watching on steroids. Let's go with that old uh, cliche. Uh, people watching in which they'll film it and sort of do voices or sort of inner monologues of what they think the people on Venice Beach are saying and thinking. And it's friggin' hilarious. 
Uh, highly recommend that. They also seem to be uh, slacking lately. I uh, used to do one video a week, and now sometimes there's uh, some dry spells. So I wonder why that is. Curious. Maybe it's just hard to do that week after week after week, and you need to take a break. Again, they uh, occasionally will take it on the road. On the road, most uh, recently to uh, Chicago, Chi Town. I uh, it didn't uh, it didn't for me uh, work as well as Venice Beach. I think what they need in order to really, really it was funny. Don't get me wrong, but really to really amp up the the comedy is to be in a place where the people are weird or weird looking. So, you know what, maybe they should uh, take a, uh, a page out of Kasim's book and do like a Comic-Con, which uh, is funny because because they're both on Venice Beach, sometimes they will appear on each other's shows, which I appreciate. Uh, sort of brotherly YouTube video love. These guys are uh, huge on the YouTubes, get uh, millions of views. Highly recommend watching both of them. Alright, let's move on to... Okay, it would not be a fright internet day if we did not talk about our sort of... Uh, basically, one of my greatest inspirations for... Oh, shit. Doing this podcast... Uh, Mr. Chris Hardwick, and uh, in this case, the Nerdist Podcast. The uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this one is because his guest was uh, one of my favorite uh, comedians, Mr. Uh, Dimitri Martin. Uh, Dimitri Martin? I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Martin? Martin? Uh, he uh, is a super, super funny dude. I've actually seen much more Dimitri Martin stand-up comedy than I have Chris Hardwick comedy, but something that uh, was cool about this particular podcast episode was they both got down to the sort of nitty-gritty of their recently coming-out uh, comedy specials. From uh, what I've gathered from listening to as many podcasts as I have with comedians on it, they all sort of uh, strive for creating that uh, one-hour special, that like uh, HBO Comedy Central special, and that's what they uh, they will seems to me to be their sort of life's goal, working towards that. That uh, and they both did it within weeks of each other, so it was cool that they both sat down and talked about their experiences with that, because if. Uh, like me, you are a comedy nerd. It's uh, it's something. Uh, it's it's always cool to kind of hear the behind the scenes stuff like this, like how they created it, um, how they felt it went, how uh, something that I think all comedians I have heard talk about this will say is that once this uh, this sort of taping of their their stand up routine happens and is uh, on TV and out there. Uh, for sale on DVD and what have you, uh, that means they will no longer do that material anymore, which means they sort of start from the beginning and start working up another hour. So always in that sort of state of either working up to do your hour, doing it, and then starting from point A again. So that's sort of a, a cool way to look at it. If I had the uh, cojones 
uh, it was some, uh, it's, it's always a sort of career path that I, uh, thought I would pursue, but, uh, the, uh, nine to five normal work sort of, uh, prevents me from doing that sort of stuff. That and the fact that I don't know if I would be funny. <laughs> so those two things hand in hand. Uh, what else did they talk about? Oh, uh, they talked about their inspirations uh, a little bit. Well, Dimitri did more so. Uh, and he told a really, really cool story about uh, Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright, another just the titan of stand-up comedy. He is amazing for the fact that there's sort of a, there's sort of different styles of comedians. I would say there's your your storyteller, and then uh, much more uh, rare is is your sort of well rare in, in that kind of hard to explain. Rare in that they were much more prevalent. I think back in the day, and harder to be funny. The uh, oh shit, lost my train of thought. Ah uh, shit, I forget the word. The many um, short joke teller. Oh fuck, that's embarrassing. So instead of uh, telling, uh, you know, a two, three minute story, uh, even longer sometimes with a punchline at the end, it will be a joke, uh, a ten second joke punchline, ten second joke punchline, 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 over and over, and that to me is crazy aggressive crazy hard to do, uh, crazy hard to do and be funny, and Stephen Wright, he is just friggin' amazing at it. It's amazing that he can pull, uh, he'll do a, you know, half-hour set of ten-second jokes. So, how many jokes, uh, JPMs, jokes per minute, is that? Crazy, crazy. Highly recommend looking, uh, looking out there for Stephen Wright comedy, because you will laugh, and you will laugh hard. Also, sort of in that vein, they brought up uh, Mitch Hedberg, who, again, one of my top top ten, top five comedians. Uh, another one of those sort of quick joke tellers as opposed to storytellers most of the time. Uh, unfortunately, gone way before his time. I forget how he died. I think it was one of those sad drug-related things. Uh, scratch me saying that because I don't actually remember, so... Uh, don't want to say that if it's not true. Uh, super, super funny dude. <laughs> One of my favorite ones of his. Or, you know what? I always have a tough time remembering actual jokes. But one of uh, the funniest of his is that uh, an elevator will never break. It will just become stairs. Probably messing that up, but hey. Okay, let's move on from that to Adam Carolla's show with Mr. Steve O., Steve-O, who you may know from Jackass. Uh, let's do this quick. We're getting close to home. Uh, Steve-O, uh, Jackass, uh, what do I want to say about Jackass? I, Jackass, the movie, the first one, was good. I don't think three of them need to exist. Uh, the missus friggin' loves these guys. Watches, rewatches the movies, watches the TV shows. And they're all right, don't get me wrong, but uh, for me, it's a, it's a sort of form of entertainment that wanes, that wanes with time. You can't watch it and watch it and watch it. 
Uh, that being said, a very uh, interesting interview with Steve-O. One thing that he somehow came up that he was asked what uh, some of the scariest or worst things he did. One of them was taking, uh, I think he said, five shots of vodka intravenously. And that surprised me because I thought or figured something like that would kill you. Apparently it did not. He's sober now. Uh, so good for him. Uh, and the other was jumping out of a plane without a parachute. Uh, so, crazy. <laughs> Let's leave it at crazy. Okay, so, uh, before I get home, I wanted to get in two new friggin' podcasts. I don't very odd, uh, very often uh, add new podcasts, but I, I kind of felt I needed one, so I added two. <laughs> Take that, other ones. Uh, the first is, uh, called Pointless with Kevin Pereira. I know, for a fact, I have mentioned Mr. Kevin Pereira in probably uh, TV Tuesday, because he was, at one time, the co-host of Attack of the Show. Uh, I know I did mention, if I did mention him, which I believe I did, that he is a super, super funny dude. His very first episode, it's kind of funny to think that the two podcasts that I'm about to mention, I have done more episodes than they have. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they have uh, thousands of times more listeners. Is that fair? No, you fucking assholes. What the fuck? Uh, but am I better? Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> These are famous people. I am... Uh, I live in a small town, small town, small town. Small town. As uh, the boss would say. Uh, anyways, uh, Kevin Pereira called Pointless... I think from the sounds of the first episode, I listened to some of the second episode as well. Uh, he's just going to kind of sit around, shoot the shit, interview people. His first uh, guest slash co-host was uh, Zabu. Uh, I didn't write down his real name, shit. Um, from the Guild, who uh, I believe I've also, also mentioned on a Fry Internet Day. They made, uh, for their first podcast, it was goddamn friggin' hilarious. I very much enjoyed it, looking forward to more. The second podcast that I uh, added to my, again, I don't know why it twice in, in one podcast, so I'm going to use the word repertoire, repertoire, uh, it was called Nerd Poker, <laughs> which is funny because uh, it's starring Mr. Brian Posehn, who's a big nerd, and uh, him and a bunch of his friends sit around and play Dungeons and Dragons. I have always wanted, yearned. I've yearned to play Dungeons and Dragons, but uh, again, I've mentioned don't have nerdy friends. So that is friggin' depressing. I am hoping this podcast will fill the void. First episode was awesome. One of his buddies, I only wrote down one, but we'll probably, as time passes, talk about more of them. One of his buddies' name is Blaine Kapach, who used to have a TV show called Beat the Geeks that I used to watch, and he is, so far, very, very funny. Ah, man, had to speed through those two. But, um, speed through them now, and then as the weeks progress, I will bring back more episodes, and we'll talk about them. How does that sound to you? It sounds good. It sounds good. Alright, folks, I am at home. It is nice to be nice to the nice. 